You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz... This is AfterBuzz TV's Sherlock After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Sherlock After Show. Hey there, Sherlock fans, Sherlockians, Sherlock peeps. Lockers. It's not what they're called. <laughs> lockers. Like lockers. You like, like lockers? Rock lockers. <laughs> cool. Hey gang. Uh we're here at After Buzz TV. We're doing the Sherlock After Show. We're going back to the start doing seasons 1 and 2 right now. We're talking about season 1, episode 2. The Blind Banker. I'm Matt Lieberman. Got a fantastic panel. Yale Teagle's here. Hello, everyone. Megan Salinas is here. Hi, guys. Marissa Serafini's here. What's up, everyone? Oh, man. Um, So, I was actually really excited to revisit this episode. It had been a while since I'd seen it. And, you know, a lot of fans, I think, agree it's it's the weakest episode of the series Mm -hmm. to date. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I finally figured out why. Me too. And I'm really, really interested in in uh, just talking about it, breaking it down from a storytelling standpoint. What makes Sherlock work when it's at its best? What is missing when it's at its worst? Because it, to me, it's a really, really excellent lesson in how to build a story and how to build a mystery and what are the show's strengths and weaknesses. And the thing that struck me almost immediately is that this is, without a doubt, the most procedural, straight mystery that the show has ever done. And because of that, it feels like a filler episode. Mm -hmm. Because we don't get any kind of growth on the part of our two heroes. Yep. Um, they're kind of working against each other. What, what do you guys think? How are you feeling? You just took all of the words out of my mouth. Boom! <laughs> and I'm done. Your turn. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. The first time I watched this episode, um, when, the first time I was going through the series, I was, I almost quit. I was like, really? Like, this is the show that everybody's been talking so much about. I really liked the first one. This one just felt like any old, like mm-hmm. you said, any old procedural, any old cop drama. I gotta say, watching it a second time around, I like it a lot more. Yeah. Because you do pick up on those little tidbits, you know, uh, like we did with the first episode. Um, stuff that, you know, you're like, oh, okay. And you, you appreciate the character interactions when they are there. But yeah, for the most part, this felt like a 60 minute mystery stretched out to 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was just way too long and they dragged it out a little too much. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Marissa? I think this. I mean, it wasn't a terrible episode, and it didn't add to character growth. But the thing is, this this was a standalone episode. As a, as a fun mystery crime, yeah, we still we got some personality from Sherlock and and uh, Watson. You see that their their relationship is starting to build and whatnot. They're getting used to each other's presence and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think the only good thing about this episode at the end was the the hint at Moriarty. Yeah. The, like, last so <laughs> even though this episode was like all mystery and fun and games and, and adventure, we did get a little bit that was still relevant to keep going, keep yeah. the mystery, overall mystery still going. Yeah. But here's the thing. 
if the seasons were longer than three episodes each, this episode wouldn't feel as much like a letdown as I feel like it does to most fans. Because, you know, we only have, I mean, if each one is 90 minutes, we have, we have like, Carry the five. Was, right. <laughs> we have 11 and a half hours, roughly, of Sherlock to date that we have. And one and a half hours of that is this episode. But if if there were more episodes, if it was a fuller season, we and there would be more episodes like this where we would be like, well, not this is necessarily. Filler. I think well, we'd they, have more filler. They would probably not be an hour and a half long. They'd probably be more like a 40-minute procedural crime drama mm-hmm. that, you know, comes on on a weekly basis for like 13 weeks or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And that would make – that would change – a lot of the dynamics of the show and a lot of the pacing of the show. And I think part of what makes Sherlock special is that it's not like that. It's not like every other procedural out there. It's a mini movie. Or mm-hmm. it is a movie, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I, uh, this is just a personal thing. Um, I realized the second time around, I'm like, I know one of the reasons, one of the major reasons why I don't like this episode as much. There's no Greg. Yeah. We got <laughs> yeah. Dimmick instead. And I remember watching it for the first time and I'm like, okay, here comes Lestrade and this young dude comes out. I'm like, who's this dude? He's like, I'm Dimmick. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Damn. You sound like a dim hammock. That's it, what you remind me this, of. This guy feels a lot like the the other guy from the lab in the first episode who never came back again. Oh, yeah. Mike, their oh, mutual Mike. friend who right. introduced uh, right. John and Sherlock. I think, I think another thing why this episode might seem less lacking was that the storyline of the mystery, it was Chinese kind of um, history and not that any, that's anything wrong with that it's just something I think us as Americans who are watching Sherlock having a Chinese traditional thing in London and there are a lot of Chinese culture in London but us as Americans we're not used to that culture and we're not used to that kind of story and what's it doesn't really appeal to us or it does it's not really relevant as it is in London. So I think that might be another thing why we didn't latch on to it. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like I see I see your point, but I feel like literature of the time that that Sherlock the Sherlock Holmes novels were being written, uh there was a lot of material to be done about this big Chinese influence in London. There is that history there. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind and, and in fact was excited to get into that world and into the world of like um, you know, Chinese antiquities and kind of the mm-hmm. occult and like stuff like that. Um but the issue isn't in the area of the mystery, it's in the mystery itself, in that there aren't these huge twists that we're used to, it doesn't really build in any way. We have these two murders, and then not much really happens until the last half hour. Yeah, Sherlock figured out really early on that clearly this is the work of an acrobat, and it's fairly easy to assume that the two people who end up dead have some connection to this organization. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Yeah, you know, the the biggest part of the mystery is just trying to decipher this code. And so when you have Watson and um, Sherlock just kind of looking through books, it's kind of boring. Research. Yeah. There's a whole <laughs> two minute sequence where they do nothing but look at books. Which I mean, granted, 
you can make that probably very visually interesting. <laughs> they did. They he pulled out a word: cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Ad. Well, that and the the book. You know, not to jump too far ahead, but you know, the book that ended up being used to you know break down the cipher. What an arbitrary choice! And it's really convenient that someone just happened to be walking right, by. Right. So why it didn't it didn't feel like Sherlock really unraveled the mystery. Things just felt really convenient. It's I, I love that phrase specifically. It doesn't feel like Sherlock unravels this mystery because he figures out that it's an acrobat early on. We know that it's related to Sue Lin early on. Mm-hmm. We don't know it's her brother for a while, but. We know that it's we know that it's an Asian guy and this old er, older Asian woman for a long time before Sherlock knows it. And if you look back at any of the other episodes, and I may be overstating, I hope someone proves me wrong if I'm wrong. Um, I don't. I think this is the only episode where the audience knows the answer to the mystery for a long period before Sherlock does. We like. What we love about Sherlock as a character is he is the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. He is smarter than us. He, We're not going to learn much before he learns it. He's going to figure it out, and then he's going to take it to a higher plane that we couldn't have possibly understood. And then we revel in the reveal as he unveils it in the way that he so specially does with his powerful brain and his wonderful use of the language, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, whereas with this one, there's this long lull where we're just waiting for Sherlock to to catch up to us. And that's very strange. I think also what I really... I mean, the first time I watched this episode, I watched it. And as we talked about redoing, you know, starting from the beginning of the show, yeah. I was like, what is the second episode? <laughs> and you guys said The Blind Banker. And I said, oh, what was that one? <laughs> And I, uh, sitting down to watch it, there's no, we don't learn more about them. We don't get to watch him do his thing. We, it's, it's a procedural. And if I wanted that, I would go back to Law and Order Special Victims Unit. It's a mystery. And and like, that's the thing. The mystery that he gets hired to solve Mm -hmm. isn't, isn't the mystery, first of all. Right. He stumbles onto another mystery. And that's fine. I'm not saying you can never do that in literature or uh, on television or in movies, but Eventually, I want that original mystery solved in a pleasing way, and it's just, oh, no, the dude climbed, he climbed in the window. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude climbed in your window. <laughs> um, I mean, we caught, like, some major criminals, and we stopped all this smuggling, but, but uh, you, should, you should lock your window. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I want it to be All this... the windows. Don't forget the skylight. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, there's, there's a lot of fun to be had if you're looking for it in this mm-hmm. episode, but it's not the fun, pleasing thrill ride that we get in most most episodes of this show. Yeah. The the most pleasing thing for me, and I, this is, again, just on a personal level, mm-hmm. I, I went to China last year, and I actually got to see an acrobat show. So seeing that incorporated into Sherlock, I, I really do like that. I'm like, oh, it's nostalgic for me. But apart from that, like, own personal experience, there's not really much for me to latch on to in this episode. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is last, uh, yesterday, uh, we talked about, uh, you were talking about how Molly uh, and Sherlock and how, like, in the beginning he didn't realize that she loved him and that now he knows and is mean to her. And this is the episode I think it switches because he he compliments her hair when he (laughs) wants to see the bodies. And I sat there going... Oh, I got to tell Megan. <laughs> um, so, look, a character development. Yeah. Well, I feel like he always knew he's too smart He's too smart not to know. Well, in the last episode, he didn't notice with the lipstick. 
Right. It didn't occur to him. Not that I, he didn't know. It just didn't because human nature doesn't occur to him. See, to me, it wasn't that it didn't occur to him. It's that he didn't care. And I think it's the difference when living with John and learning to care about John mm-hmm. causes him by proxy to learn to care about other people. Well, I, right, but in this episode, he didn't care. He used it against her. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's really when he wants to. Sherlock knows exactly how to manipulate people mm-hmm. on an emotional level, and that's what makes him a sociopath. Yeah. But, high, um, high functioning, I, yes, <laughs> a high functioning sociopath. But um, I think when that really hits home is actually at the beginning of season two when everybody's over for the Christmas party, mm-hmm. and um, oh, yeah. and he he jumps to the conclusion that Molly's you know has a date afterwards, and then says some really lewd things mm-hmm. right to her face, and then realizes, oh, she dressed up nice for me, mm-hmm. and so you know it's one of those things where he notices. But maybe it doesn't necessarily hit home or occur to him that it's directed towards him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's probably a case-by-case basis. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's funny seeing their relationship at the stage that it is in this episode. Where even though the word friend is used, the word colleague is used, they're roommates. Mm-hmm. They're not friends yet. They're roommates. They're just barely partners. Well, they're roommates who sometimes go on adventures Some, together. Yeah, sometimes they... <laughs> Solve mysteries together. <laughs> yes. Sometimes Adventures they, Sherlock. yeah. Sometimes they investigate things. They're, but they're I did, associates. yeah, I did like the, the moment when you know they're going through the uh, the person's apartment and yeah. Watson is locked outside, and then he's like ranting about oh his um, experience with Sherlock. Sherlock's so smart, you know. He likes to work by himself, but that establishes that how like they work together on fun adventures and on fun uh, mysteries together. That kind of sets the ball rolling in how their uh, their relationship is when mm-hmm. they go to solve things. I think probably the most important thing about this episode is is establishing how how relevant John's blog is actually to their work because this is the episode where John's like, I have to get a job. And the way they end up start making, you know, starting to make money is with John putting their adventures onto his blog mm-hmm. and making money. Well, that doesn't money off happen it. in this episode. Not yet, but you know, John at the very beginning is like, "I need a job," and so it sets that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it's also, you know, it's the first time that he takes a, he takes a job to get supplemental income. Um, you know, by the time we hit season three, of course, he's got, if not his own practice, you know, he and. Um, Sarah, Mary. I think, was her name. Yeah. Sarah's this in this one. Mary's who you're yeah. thinking of. Yeah, he and Mary. <laughs> His wife. Molly and Mary don't start. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, he and Mary have a practice together. Do you have a problem oh, with their practice? Did it look like I was searching for a name? <laughs> I don't answer that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sarah is this woman that he, he gets this job at this clinic uh, and it's the first time we see John trying to have some romance and Sherlock getting very territorial mm-hmm. about it and being just an utter sot about it. Um, or sod. Sot is different. Sot <laughs> is drunk. Sod <laughs> is jerk. Different. Uh, you know what I think would be great? What would be great? I think it would be great that in a million years when the show ends, yeah. that's how long it's going to be on the air. Of course. Uh, it is established that Sherlock is gay and is in love with John and is heartbroken the entire time. You think that hasn't already been established? 
<laughs> I think it would be great if it's blatantly said. Fine. But why in a million years? I think it would be more end, relevant if they did it now. I think it would be more acceptable if they did it in today's time. No, I just think they should pull a Xena and everyone knows. <laughs> and then in the last episode, they blatantly make out. Did they make out in the last yes. episode of Xena? In Is the that last how final the moments. Ended? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It was beautiful. Good they for were them. on a boat. Good for them. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I'm just going to really quickly talk about iTunes, yeah. everyone's favorite music app. Hey, gang, you know what's coming. You know what time it is. You listen to a bunch of podcasts on AfterBuzz TV. And on all the podcasts, we talk about one very specific thing. You know what that is? Going on iTunes, slapping the show with a rating, and with a review. Because guess what? It's the only way that you can help the show move forward, onward and upward. Become the best Sherlock podcast on the web, perhaps. The best show on AfterBuzz TV by a country mile. (laughs) Um, But here's the thing. The Walking Dead is on right now. Oh. Juggernaut, powerhouse, massive, monster hit, most highest rated show on American television. But guess what, gang? We can beat them. We can kick their lily white zombie butts. I know you're Hey, let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> I can take back lily white zombie butts. Mm. And I, I still think we should kick them. Yes. Keep it clean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Please don't kick them. My point is. Sherlock fandom, you have a rare opportunity to prove your supremacy over another fan base. And I highly suggest that you exercise that right. Uh, I'm going to quickly read off some shout-outs, some, uh, some user comments. I'm trying to pull them up on my phone. I normally pull them up before the show, but I didn't this time. Everyone hates me in this moment right now. Or maybe you like me that much more because I'm showing you a little vulnerability. <laughs> Smooth. Smooth. Yes, You're letting exactly. down your walls a little bit. I'm letting bit. down... All of my walls, far more insight into me than you will ever get into Sherlock or Watson, although we will surely, surely try. Not surely. surely. You, you can uh, definitely tell he's Cheryl. an improv actor filling in the dead space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Here, but here's the thing about filling in dead space. When you're doing it, you know, it really requires a certain amount of panache. You don't want to just be talking out of your behind. But here's the thing that's most important. We have a new review from yesterday or from yeah. today. Oh, that's great. in the last day. Bad Wolf Bay 10, yeah. rockin' name, kicking butt. I love yeah. it. Nice. Says, just wanted to say, I love the after shows for Sherlock. The four of you are awesome, and I look forward to more after shows and more Sherlock. Aww. I just hope we don't have to wait two more years. And I 100% agree with you, Bad Wolf Bay 10. You rock. Go you. I agree. Yeah. Um, thank you, Bad Wolf. Thank Thanks. you, Bad Wolf. And, well, and and I also said, I met a guy today, and he said, I heard a random conversation off to the side. He was like, I was listening to After Buzz Sherlock. I'm like, what? What? And then he's like, yeah, After Buzz Sherlock. I listened to all three of them, because at that point, we did three. And yeah. I was like, hey, I'm a part of that. He's like, no way. So I met a random guy today, and he's number? like, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> but he did, you know, fans are out there, so people Ram. are listening. I, I love it. I love and uh, because we love our fans and we're having such a great time doing this podcast and talking to you. Oh, speaking of fans, uh, a happy birthday yeah. to yes. Anna, uh, Drama Queen AM, yep. uh, at Drama Queen AM on Twitter. Show her some birthday love. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. She, she watches or listens to a bunch of our stuff. She's a very, very nice person. I highly recommend getting to know her on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start doing a thing on this podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we would like to requisition some original compositions. 
Some of you might be a little bit confused by I'm that. Confused. I'm going to back up. So, I don't know how many of you love parody songs. I love parody songs. And on a few of, a few of the shows I'm a part of, we do uh, parody sing-alongs. I will write on the spot, improvise songs about the shows that we do. We would love it if fans would send in their personalized lyrics to existing songs so that we can sing them for you on this show for a little bit of extra fun at the end of the podcast. Oh, that sounds fun. Doesn't that sound <laughs> fun? We'll have a sing-along. It'll be fantastic. It'll be fantastic. It'll be great. <laughs> now, I mean, a couple guidelines. Don't pick anything too obscure. We have to be able to at least find it on YouTube and learn it. Yeah. So, come on. But, uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter or maybe even email info at AfterBuzzTV.com. Maybe not. Uh, and we'll figure out how to get those lyrics to us. Um, yeah. Also, let's try to keep the language a little clean. A little clean. <laughs> I was just about to ask, like, what are the restrict? What are the a language restrictions? <laughs> if it's a song about the slash fic, deep, intense, <laughs> passionate, intimate, erotic romance that is Sherlock and Watson, I'll allow it. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Oh, can we also request that it's in English? Oh yeah, <laughs> English would yeah. be great. Please in English. Um, and I just want to show you these. If you're watching the video, you you get to see these. Megan uh, brought in these wonderful. Yes, I want to make that clear. I did not. She make did not these. make them. <laughs> um, she found them at uh, daunting.etsy.com. There are these Sherlock uh, themed uh, Valentine's cards. Mine is Watson, and uh, he's he's saying, uh, "Say, would you be my?" And then he gets a text. Found hot. Come at once. Sherlock Holmes. Sought <laughs> <laughs> it. Never mind. Oh, poor Aww. Watson. I love it. I Mine love it. is uh, Irene, and it says, I'm bored. Let's have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's foxy. That's awesome. Mine says, uh, found heart. Come at once. And then the other one's like, Valentine. And then he sends another text. Boring. <laughs> awesome. So cute. Oh, so wait, so he's talking to both of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Dude, that totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Those two cards go together. Oh, I get you're it. solving mysteries all over the place. I, I don't know if that was Megan's subtle way of hooking us up. Yeah. Or, or, or what? All three of us. But I, I'm bored. Let's have dinner. Yeah. I'll bring my riding crop. Beautiful. So. Love it. Thank you, Megan. Blind. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Yes. Yay. Thank you. Um, a happy Valentine's Day to all of you at home. You're all lovely people. All right, I want to jump back into the Sherlock talk before people are like, what is this show? <laughs> it just got real sappy real fast. I know. But that's okay. Yeah. People don't mind sap as long as they <laughs> don't get it on their pants. Oh, that, goodness. Yeah, that's okay. not fun. Back to Sherlock. Yeah, back please. To Sherlock. So one of the other things that I noticed, and it kind of made me wonder – um, I want to do some research into the original production schedule for series one and the original pilot because it doesn't have that same level of visual pop that we're used to with the show. It's not edited as intensely. Mm -hmm. There are less camera tricks and transitions. Um, it's, it's mostly shot very plainly um, with the exception of, you know, the, the book montage. Really. And the symbols. And the symbols. That he keeps trying to figure out yeah but that's it but that's it um other than that it's it's a very it's it's lush but it's not by any means active and i feel like part of the energy that sherlock thrives on is this propulsive active camera work that's probably one of the reasons why this episode feels so slow it feels so it's because long. 
most of the most of the time when Sherlock and Watson are trying to figure out the mystery, Sherlock's brain is going at a million miles per hour, and we see that on the screen. We see that through quick cuts, and we see that through um, the things that get projected that he's seeing in his mind. And we we get images, but yeah, you're right; they're not going super fast. They're more like floating in the air, and mm-hmm. that that sets a t- that sets a pace for the entire episode, and so it feels like we're dragging our feet. I think the first moments of the episode was like, this episode's going to drag because she's showing you how carefully you put the tea in the teapot and what this this ancient and beautiful uh, ceremony that takes, you know, it's been it's ancient and beautiful. You have to take your time and be careful. It's delicate. And that's the episode. Yeah. Is, Is this ancient ceremony that you have to take your time with. And you have to do it every day. Or else the teapot will crack, and it includes <laughs> things that are over 400 years old. Like the tea <laughs> that was poured over this might have been 400 years old originally. And I don't know why I'm so tired. <laughs> and, and that is the pace of the episode. And face hits pillow Good night. Exactly. <laughs> you sound like um, like you'd have... That's your NPR voice. <laughs> I, got a, I got an iTunes comment that complained about my yelling a few days ago. And <laughs> I'm trying something new. However, I, I did think it was interesting how they went back into the Chinese influence and the history of Chinese, uh, the China culture. Because it, that's something I didn't know. I thought, as an audience, as a viewer, I thought that was interesting. And I kind of liked how there was some comedy into it mm-hmm. when they're running around the museum. And Sherlock was like, have some respect. You know, this, mm-hmm. all these art- artifacts are, you know, uh, so delicate and beautiful and stuff like that. And I'm repeating your words. But I thought how, how they portrayed the Chinese tradition uh, throughout the whole thing was uh, throughout the whole episode was brilliantly done and very um, done in a nice, tasteful way. Well, I agree. I would have loved to learn more. I just would have loved to learn more at a faster pace. Sure. There are <laughs> lots of fun bits in this episode, though. I mm-hmm. love uh, that Sherlock's just fighting a dude with a scimitar in his <laughs> apartment. Yeah. Yeah, um, and did we ever figure out what was that? Did they ever, like, uh, say when, to the third episode? When, um... I don't know. I'm trying to remember if they. It's been so long since I watched that, the great yeah, game. If they kept that random guy at the beginning of the episode. Uh, John mentioned a mystery when, when he first gets back to the apartment after he goes to the grocery store. He's like, oh, were, were you going to look into that thing? You know, you haven't moved all day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, it didn't interest me. And then Sherlock kicks the, uh, the sword for them <laughs> underneath his chair. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been something connected to that. When I first saw it, I thought it was, like, some kind of training. Like, he meets with this dude every Tuesday to sword fight, <laughs> you know? Um, and I like that it paid off later, where suddenly he's fighting uh, He's fighting our, our, I don't want to say ninja friend. Can I say ninja? You can say acrobat. Acrobat friend. He was not a ninja. He was not a ninja. <laughs> he was quiet. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. No, the show treading on unsteady ground when he's describing the the acrobat originally. And he's talking about the small athletic hands and like all this stuff. I'm like half cringing. I'm like, I don't know, man. This is just almost on the edge of being not PC. You know who I pictured when he was describing the acrobat? Uh, the guy from Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> the one who fits in the thing. Oh, That's man. who I pictured. 
Shen. And, yeah. 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 That flips on top of shelves right. and stuff. Because yeah. he, he was an acrobat. He's the amazing Shen. Yeah. I loved him. I he thought it, I totally thought it was him. <laughs> Not him. You think that this is a conspiracy from Danny Ocean? It's all about another heist? Oh, yeah. That would have been great. That would have been, been great. Been it would have been far more interesting <laughs> than this episode. Um, <laughs> and I liked that at the end, the women, the woman gets away. Mm-hmm. I think, and that John knows that Sherlock is not going to consider this a win. Yeah, that he's going to want to get. But there. in the end, does she really win? <laughs> no, M sees to that. Yeah, yeah, good. I really like the the whole um, the setup of this giant crossbow thing. It just doesn't feel like putting their lives in jeopardy in that way, where you have this villain holding people hostage threatening to kill you with a giant crossbow if you don't give him the information. It doesn't feel like the show that it later became. Um, but it is a cool device. It's a really cool device, and it's cool the way they set it up, um, you know, earlier in the episode, yeah. when the three of them are on a date. Um, my Just biggest- trying to get <laughs> off with Sarah! <laughs> <laughs> my biggest complaint, um, just in terms with that whole sequence... Is you you have this character Sarah who's introduced to at the time I thought she was going to become a relevant part of the series in the way mm-hmm. that Mary has become a relevant part mm-hmm. of the series in mm-hmm. season three. I thought she and John were going to be more of a permanent thing, and to have one of the lasting impressions from this episode is to have this you know this new female character. To have her get put in a damsel in distress situation super early on. Like I said, I thought she was going to be an establishing character. And so I was kind of like, mm, I don't know how on board with this I am. And then it turns out we never see her again. Well, before she was a damsel in distress, right when uh, Sherlock is uh, sword fighting and then John gets pulled into the fight, she jumps in. Yeah, I liked her. I liked her a lot. And she had a lot of promise and then immediately gets turned into a damsel in distress. Here's the thing. When you're at the mercy (laughs) of a giant crossbow, you don't typically turn up for a second date. That's usually, that should be a deal breaker. Mary would have. Mary would have because she's an ex-CIA agent. (laughs) Mary would have been like, marry me. Yeah. She's she's an angel of death. She also would have gotten out of it much sooner. (laughs) She wouldn't have needed to be rescued. Oh, yeah. She would have busted out of those handcuffs, and she would have somehow done like a mirror and then had the arrow bounce back. Even though that's not how arrows work, that's only how lasers work. I would have really liked, actually, to see what Mary would have done because, you know, they'd probably be explaining like, oh, you only have so long until the sand sets off the crossbow. And she'd be like, that's cute. I I escaped while you were talking. (laughs) And now you're dead because I shot you. Exactly. No. You know what she would have done? All right. Get this. (laughs) She would have sprayed the bag of sand with water, making it clump up. Said it wouldn't come all dribbling out of the hole, uh, yeah. and then it would have completely reversed the process. Where That's would smart. where would she have gotten the water? Don't ask questions. <laughs> I'll I won't tell you on the air because that'll make this podcast explicit. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Um. Any other fun little fave moments? I like the little flirtation between Sue Lin and her little buddy. Um. You know, Andy. Yeah, poor Andy. He just uh, wants to yeah. be. Loved. That was sad. Yeah. Well, I, he's irrelevant. I guess so. <laughs> but he would have been real nice to Sue Lin. I mean, granted, he doesn't seem smart enough for her, frankly. Uh, but yeah. he would have been real nice. 
I liked the uh, the black lotus tattoos on of their the tongues. Feet. Yeah, tongues. I loved it. Yeah, it um, was. It are, was is, are you going to get one? No. <laughs> so you can pose as a member of a criminal organization. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I was just checking because you said you liked it, so I thought maybe you wanted to be a part of a criminal organization <laughs> because I like a tattoo. Yes. No, but I do have a board on Pinterest of tattoos from TV shows that I like and considered have, have considered getting at some point. Can you give well, you the address tongs. of this Pinterest board uh, so that other fans may be able to peruse these tattoos? Oh, they should definitely follow me on Pinterest because I have all sorts of Doctor Who and Sherlock stuff. <laughs> uh, it's Yell Teagle on Pinterest. Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm a Pinterest fiend. I totally want, want to see what nerdy Pinterest you have. <laughs> oh, man. The idea of your Pinterest account is one of the funniest things I've ever considered. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so um, flattered. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yes, that's awesome to Pinterest. <laughs> bringing it back Bring to Sherlock. Bringing it back, yeah. Bring it Focus back to Sherlock. Us. Be the champion. I know yes. you are. Yes, <laughs> bringing it back to Sherlock. I think another cool thing was how they tied up everything. Um, that the the hairpiece that mm. the reception. Oh yeah, the had. I did like uh, that. I thought was a nice little surprise twist at the end because we know that the money went somewhere, but. What form did it go to? And yeah. it turned out to be the hairpiece. I thought that was cleverly done. I, I actually really did like that. I thought that was a fun payoff, so to speak. Um, oh. <laughs> yes. That was a great yeah. pun. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Nope. It was terrible. But <laughs> I, I liked that, too, because it was something small and seemingly insignificant, and it turns out to be something tremendously valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot. Cause, you know, sometimes it's the little things that make all the difference. I just, I just love her wacky reaction what? when she when she hears it. She's like, nine million, nine million, and we, we lost at least you? three listeners right there. I was gonna say so much for not yelling. <laughs> oh, if people are mad at me, they can tell me, <laughs> and um, we can talk it out. I, I really liked it. it. Was worth it. That I feel like the the mistress got her due. Yeah, well, I guess she's not the mistress. She's the girlfriend. Yeah, she's the girl on the side. No, no, she, he's not even married. He's not even married. No, Eddie Van Coon was not married. He was not married. He was but just he dating was, his assistant. He had, assistant. A, he had assistant. a mistress. Yes. Well, she's not secretary. A, but she's slash not a mistress. mistress. She's a girlfriend that he they're treated girlfriend, really bad. Girlfriend, uh, but in a work setting, it's which a makes relationship. it not taboo per se, but yeah, definitely looked per se. down upon. Definitely frowned, frowned upon. upon. And, De- if, and if HR says so, you can't do it. I think pretty much you can't do it because he's her boss. Yeah. No, that's mm-hmm. it's illegal. You can't do that. Can't do that, Van Coon, you crazy cat. You crazy cat. Well, he won't do He's it dead. anymore. Oh, well, I mean, now. That's not a problem. Oh, I loved how Sherlock got into that apartment um, when he's talking to the neighbor. Oh, you knew. Oh, hi. That was great. I, I, I left my key, locked my key in my flat. Can I Can I use your balcony? Oh, I wait, what? Goes, what? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Um, like that a whole bunch. Uh, we got some deaths. So we got to see a little bullet hole. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. The, the whole um, when Sherlock was mentioning that Van Coon, I believe, was left-handed, mm-hmm. oh. and and how he pointed that, that out in the honestly, assessment the best, of the crime scene. That was probably the best deductive uh, sequence in yeah. this entire episode. I agree. Him determining that this could not be suicide. Yeah. Um, other other high points. I liked seeing. Uh, Seeing John get stuck with holding the bag of spray cans. That was yeah. funny. That is a classic <laughs> moment of this show that I think often gets overlooked. Well, couldn't he... I was thinking about it, and couldn't he just get Lestrade to, like, 
wave it. Lestrade's on vacation. Haven't you seen this episode? He's not here. Yeah, well, but that can... and at this point, they're not super buddy buddy. He hasn't come over for Christmas yeah, they've dinner only yet. Done a couple cases together. Yeah, and he didn't call Sherlock to help bust John out because you know he came back to the apartment and be like, "I have a court date on Tuesday," <laughs> that, yeah. and this is your fault. And then Sherlock was like, "Yeah, whatever." Okay. <laughs> they know people within Scotland Yard. They could have. He could have. I'm just saying. Well, I, I, you know, the, the again, they prove later on in season three that after those relationships are established, that's exactly what they can do. But they haven't gotten to that point in their relationship yet. Yeah, He's they're just still afraid to ask. I think they would have waited. No, they're still indie rock. They're still, you know, they're nice. still doing it on the fringe. They haven't gotten studio money yet. They haven't signed with a label. Okay. Yeah, at yeah. this point, Lestrade is still the uh, the cop that's like, you're a loose cannon, Sherlock. You're a loose cannon, <laughs> Holmes. I don't like working with you, but I will if I have to. Uh, <laughs> why can't you play by our rules instead of your own? Uh, another really great moment that just reminded me of for some reason great. Uh, was when uh, Sherlock says, I'm going to go get some advice. And, and John is like, what? Did you just say you need help? Is that what you said? Say it again. He's like, you heard me. I'm not saying it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a great moment. Yeah. Even Sherlock needs help. Even Sherlock needs help sometimes. Um, all right. I know we got some news and gossip. We got lots of news and gossip. Um, do, we, do we have anything else we want to say about this episode before we jump in? What episode? <laughs> the Blind Banker! <laughs> I, I I know I already said it. I do like this episode a lot more a second time around. Yeah. It, there there is a lot more to it um than than I initially thought of and and again, you know, those little personal touches for me do kind of make it more relevant. That being said, it I still think it's the weakest episode of the bunch. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, watching it again, there I realized there was more comedy sprinkled throughout the episode than I realized the first time. Yeah. That well, helps us get through the episode. Well, let me let, before we go to news and gossip. Let me let me ask a question to the room, okay? Um, when Sherlock is firing on all cylinders, when the show is just working and it's just a joygasm, okay? What is that thing? What is the one thing that you think is its strongest suit? What makes the show work when it's working that w- maybe was missing here? I think it's a combination of that high octane pace, mm-hmm. the visuals, and the way Sherlock's mind works. Because once he, you know, he he's going so fast um, that we we have trouble keeping up. We need the visual assistance yeah. to help us keep up with him. And then once he gets to his conclusion and we can see how he got there, and you're like, oh, I never would have gotten there. Um, you know, on my own. I could have never figured this out, but because I've been, you know, because I sat here with Sherlock, I now understand what's going on. I, I like that when everything comes together after it's been like, vroom, mm-hmm. going like that. Mm. So that's what I like when it all comes together. Yeah, what do you think? I think the perfect moment to explain it, and it's very similar to what Megan said, is in last episode where he's standing over the lady in pink. He's, you see him feel the, the coat. It says what it is. He feels the coat. It says what it is. And then he stands up, he rambles off a bunch of stuff. Someone else says something. He calls them stupid, basically. And then he explains some more how he came to his brilliant conclusion. That. That is what every episode needs lots of. Him explaining us seeing it, just like Megan said, 
at him calling someone stupid while he's doing it. <laughs> okay. Marissa? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's the, it's the, the part that I always get excited is that the whole climax of each episode, the realization that Sherlock, like, oh, I finally figured out who it is. We have all the visual help, uh, external things that he sees. And then he's always with John at that point. And then they're like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. And you can see the storyline just takes off from there. And the, the thing with this episode, it was just that there there was the Chinese trick at first that has already been shown and presented to us. We know someone can get loose from that. And then doing it again, maybe five minutes later, we know how it's going to end up that they're going to get away anyway. So yeah. I think it was just the setup wasn't as big as it was the first time. And I think it's just, and it was a lot of shooting in this episode. I think it was just like together chaos because they were just there because... They were on a bad date, and they all <laughs> yeah. just happened to be down in the tunnel trying to get away. Right. So I think the setup was just a little bit different than what we're used to. Okay. Uh, here's here's what I would say, and I, I think, like Megan, I think it's two things. Um, the first thing is the episode requires a mystery of suitable complexity that holds our attention and has enough beats throughout that it can be sustained over the course of 90 minutes. The the one exception being the wedding episode Mm -hmm. because it leans more on the other side of things, which is the John-Sherlock relationship and its strength and helping it evolve and watching this friendship become the lifelong friendship that people have been talking about for centuries since these books were written. And what what ultimately is the letdown of this episode, the mystery isn't really so much of a – it doesn't move like a mystery. We're just waiting for the reveals of things that we see at the top instead of it having multiple movements to it. And then in the John-Sherlock relationship, there's this, there's this very artificial feeling wedge driven between them of just like – John was begrudgingly okay with who Sherlock was in the last episode, in, in, in the pilot, in, in A Study in Pink. And then in this episode, suddenly, now everything that Sherlock does pisses him off. Instead of, you know, being kind of amazing, it's like, wow, you're kind of a dick, but you're also amazing. It's just like, you know, include me. Include me. I want to be there. Include me. I want to date people. You're me. It's just like, <laughs> they're fighting, and... When they're fighting about Sherlock faking his own death, I buy it, and I like it, and it's entertaining, and it's deep, and it's necessary. This fighting feels very unnecessary, and it just dampens the fun. I feel like this fighting is because the honeymoon period is over. (laughs) They're living together now. They see each other all the time. And the sex has gotten stale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I realized something while we were going through the room. Another thing um, that I think when the show is at its absolute best is when there is a mind that maybe not matches Sherlock, but definitely challenges Sherlock. Because in the first Mm -hmm. episode, we have this brilliant cabbie who may or may not have almost tricked Sherlock into killing himself. Mm -hmm. And we'll never know. But, you know, this, you know, it was a very smart man who could talk people into killing themselves. Talk people to death. Exactly. And then... In the in the third episode, we have Moriarty, mm-hmm. and then in the, at the beginning of season two, we have Irene, Irene Adler, yeah. and then the this um, and then we have the Hounds of Baskerville, which is very kind of similar to this one in that there's not kind of one 
huge intellectual thing. It's a bunch of little things and a mystery he has to unravel. But then the season ends with Moriarty. Mm-hmm. And and then in the next uh, season, it's Charles Augustus Magnuson. And so you have these really brilliant minds that are a match for Sherlock. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not the people who are like, who are left behind in the dust like we all are. Mm-hmm. They're the people who can keep up, sometimes move even a little bit ahead. Right. And that's what, what, what it comes down to is I don't buy that Shan is outfoxing Sherlock Holmes. No, I not don't. in this one. She mm-hmm. she I'm sure she's a great uh criminal organization leader in her own right, but she is not she cannot keep up pace. Someday with Sherlock. I hope to be a better criminal organization <laughs> leader. Okay. One day. Yell has news. Let's hear it. After Buzz TV News. All right, so recently, Stephen Moffat said, uh, it's been quoted in a lot of articles, but I have the original, and I'll tweet it out. Um, he quote was quoted saying that he will eventually leave Doctor Who and focus only on Sherlock. Eventually. The quote actually says, eventually I'll stop doing Doctor Who because it stops me from doing anything else. But Sherlock doesn't swamp my schedule, doesn't swamp anyone. Well, here's the interesting <laughs> thing about that, right? Yes. Because... You know, he said that they would do this show until Benedict Cumberbatch gets too famous. Mm-hmm. Well, they talked about doing a series four and a series five. I don't know how much longer they'd be doing it after that. So is he talking about the near future, the next couple of years? I don't want to say what I want to say. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> um, Save that for the Doctor Who show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess it's old news that Mark Gatiss is going to be on Game of Thrones, but it was also announced who he's playing. He's playing Tycho Nestoris, I apologize for butchering the name. It is a made-up name in Game of Thrones. Um, I will also tweet out that article. Uh, Mark Gatiss also said that the Holmes brother dynamic is based on him and his older brother, Phil. Aww. That's so cute. So he's playing his older brother. Yep. So oh, basically what what he's saying is that his older brother made him feel stupid his entire <laughs> I childhood. So. I think so. I think that's what he's saying. Uh, and lastly, this one's just for fun. There's a really adorable Instagram video of Benedict Cumberbatch at the Hugo Boss show uh, fashion show at New York Fashion Week sitting next to Anna Wintour, who has uh, been referred to as the inspiration for the Devil Wears Prada. Uh, it's a really cute video. I'll tweet it She's out She's the well. lead editor of Vogue. She is the lead editor of Vogue. Yeah. She's a big deal. That is the news. All right. <laughs> and and it might be kind of old news now, but did you see the Benedict Cumberbatch video on Sesame Street? That was no! Awesome. That was awesome. Adorable. So oh cute. My God. Oh, I got to track that down. It's the best. So cute. So it's it so the, cute. Is it the best? So, so Benedict Cumberbatch goes on Sesame Street and he has to help solve the mystery of how many apples there are to the oranges. Oh. Really cute. And he's like, I'm an actor. Yes, <laughs> I'm just I an actor. Oh luckily, luckily he gets the count. In how did I know yes. that he would be counting? I'm like, I, I was about literally about to ask, does he count stuff? Yeah, he um, does count. Oh he my does. god, I'm so excited. I have to watch this. This is now my night. Good. Okay. <laughs> so I will tweet out the uh, articles that I spoke of. Beautiful. Yes. All right. Well, that kind of wraps it up for us here at the Sherlock After Show. We want to thank everyone watching, downloading, streaming, listening, doing whatever you do, wherever you do it. You're the best people. But I want you to know how to keep in contact with us and get those wonderful articles that Yell mentioned. Yell, where can the people find you? Uh, the people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. And on uh, on my website, yell.tv, Y-A-E-L.tv. And here at AfterBuzz on a whole bunch of shows, uh, you can find all those on yell.tv as well. 
Yeah, and her Pinterest board. And my Pinterest Pinterest board. board. Yeah. All right, Megan Salinas. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. Um, I'm also on a couple different AfterBuzz shows. I'm on Almost Human, Agents of Shield. I occasionally fill in for Walking Dead. (laughs) So uh, we can beat him. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we can. Challenge issued, Sherlock fandom. You know what? Challenge, Challenge issued. accepted. Yeah. What? Marissa Serafini. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV, and I'm also on Glee, Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Parenthood, Nashville, uh, Anatomy of a Movie. We do breakdowns of movies, of your favorite movies. Woo. That's always fun. So, yeah, and then I'm always here at AfterBuzz. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Well, you can find me, if you should so choose, uh, <laughs> on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. It's just my name. It's that simple. Uh, here on AfterBuzz TV, all over the place. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Almost Human with Megan Salinas. Lost Girl with Yell Teagle. Uh, got Justified. We just had a great interview with Erica Te- Erica Tazzle, uh, who's on that show. We did that today. It's going to come out in the morning. Such a great interview with her. You should check so that out. out um, oh, great. It's, it's out right now. Out. Uh, interviewed the showrunner of Banshee for that series on Cinemax, uh, Greg Utanis, on Monday. That was great. Uh, yeah, lots of great shows. Updating my website. Gonna announce it soon. Then I'll have all the live comedy dates. If you're in LA and you like live comedy, I don't know why you'd like that. But if you did, <laughs> you could come see me do live comedy. Uh, next show is 11 p.m. on Monday night. If you're if you're downloading this tomorrow, uh, that's gonna be uh, blah, 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 what the 17th, Monday the 17th, 11 p.m. at I.O. West, that's 6366 Hollywood Boulevard. Come support me and my sketch team, DJ Fawcett, as we try to take down the other uh, another sketch team. It's the cops in a sketch cage match. I want to thank everybody so much for watching or listening. You're all the best. We'll see you next week with two more episodes. Yeah. Cheers. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Thank you for watching AfterBuzz TV on YouTube. For more of your favorite after shows and interviews, subscribe to our channel here, and be sure to share your opinion on the episode in the comment section below here. We'd love to see what you guys are buzzing about. Thanks again. Buzz you later.